embodied, being present in your body, sex is so much better now than it ever was when I was not in my body. And that's like, when I hear it, I'm like, well, duh. But I didn't know it at the time. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to a great start. Thank you so much for joining me yet again. Today, we have a repeat guest. Victoria Albina. She is a master certified life coach, a family nurse practitioner, and a breathwork meditation guide with a passion for helping women realize that they are their own best healers so they can break free from codependency, perfectionism, and people-pleasing and reclaim their joy. Perhaps you remember my interview with Victoria last year. We dove deeper into nervous system regulation and the polyvagal theory when she was here last. We talked a little bit about somatic practices. And today we're switching gears. We're talking about the inner child. We're talking about healing the inner child. We talk about codependency, people-pleasing, and perfectionism. We even talk about hormones, sex, orgasms, and how it all relates to the nervous system. There is a lot of juicy information we are diving into today. Really excited for our interview. And if you're listening to this in real time on February 21st, there's a few things. Number one, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Costa Rica to do a breathwork certification program, which I am so freaking excited about. And stay tuned because cacao and breathwork ceremonies, they are coming. I may actually just host some of the first few in my home. So if you want to join me, I'll be sharing all about that soon. I'm very excited about it. And number two, if you are in our Naturally Nourished program, you are in for like double the treat with Victoria this week because she's actually teaching all of our Naturally Nourished members. A She's diving into a deep class with you guys all about nervous system support and regulation and ultimately adrenal health because that's really what supporting our nervous system means. So I'm really excited that you get to connect with her inside the Naturally Nourished program this week. And if you're not in that program, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished, and you can get access to our live classes that we had earlier this month. And then of course you can join Victoria this Thursday for her class. So without further ado, let's dive into our interview. Enjoy. Victoria, welcome back to the podcast. Mm, I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to My see you My pleasure. Again. Yes, it is lovely to see you. We had such a great conversation last time. It was <sighs> yeah. quite a few months back. Uh, yeah. We were talking about somatic work. We were talking a little bit about breath work, yeah. nervous system support. We might touch yeah. a bit on some of that throughout our conversation right. today. Yeah. Um, but a real quick Coles notes 
for maybe new listeners who are like, who is this amazing woman? Why don't you let them know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, with great joy. So my name is Victoria Albina. I use she, her pronouns. I live on occupied Muncie Lenape territory, also known as the Hudson Valley of the great state of New York. I am a functional medicine nurse practitioner by training. I am a master certified somatic life coach, which means that I focus on the mind-body connection because mind and body are one and we can't heal one without the other. Uh, and so my focus is on embodiment through the nervous system and supporting humans socialized as women to overcome codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing thought habits so they can reclaim their joy in this beautiful lifetime. Mm, I love it. That all sounds so sexy to me. Yeah. Um, it's pretty and- sexy. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned codependency, people-pleasing, and perfectionism, which mm-hmm. I really want to dive into. And yeah, let's and do it. There's there's a lot of areas we can go from here. I think a really good place to start would be to really define and talk about what codependency yeah. is and just really breaking that down. Yeah. So let's start there. Totally. Yeah, because people think it means, oh, I'm married to an alcoholic and I'm enabling him to live this life of substance use, right? And I'm just right. the, the cowering little wife in the corner. And it's just not that. I mean, it, it could be that, sure. But I think that's not what it is for most of us. So I talk about codependency, perfectionism, and people-pleasing uh, as the constellation of symptoms and experiences of emotional outsourcing. So emotional outsourcing is when we chronically and habitually source our wellness, worth, and validation from everyone and everything outside of ourselves instead of from within. So we're not looking within to say, I trust me. I believe in me. I deserve love. I'm worthy of love and care. I will be spoken to kindly. I have limits. I know my boundaries. I speak them and I insist with love and gentleness that they be honored. And I honor other people in their journey. Instead, we look to unwittingly and unconsciously manipulate and control others to try to source safety for ourselves because we don't believe that we can feel safe in our bodies, in our minds, with, by, and for ourselves because we didn't have that experience growing up when our nervous systems in their tenderness ages zero to seven were getting their initial settings, their initial operating system that was generally not in safety, right? Not an embodied attunement. And so as adults, we live from that early childhood wounding uh, and try to seek safety in everything, in the certifications, in the marriage, in the job, in the everything, instead of just from our presence and our being, which is where true safety lives. I love that. That was a really beautiful explanation. I think Mm. that for so many people listening, they might be like, well, that all sounds nice. But how do you even begin to get to Mm. that place? Yeah. Yeah. So it's complicated and it's simple, right? I mean, really where we're heading towards is embodied safety and embodied self-trust, where embodied simply means that we feel it in our bodies, recognize it in our bodies instead of just thinking it with our minds. Because most of us who live as emotional outsourcers are living from the neck up. We're thinking our feelings instead of feeling our feelings. 
So it's really about the practice of uh, the praxis, really, the daily embodied practice of coming back into presence. So that doesn't just mean like sitting in meditation for hours a day, though that can mean that if you're into it, right? Who, mm -hmm. You know, who's got the time to do that every day? But it <laughs> right. means really living from our, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm built to be monastic. But anyway, uh, it really means living from our big open hearts in our authenticity. So it's about coming back into presence. And it means working with our minds to look at our chronic mindset, the way we think about the world, the way we think about ourselves and the way we embody it. How do you hold yourself? What's your posture like? What where, where are the tension patterns in your body when you're relating, when you're in connection with others? How do you move through the world? And is it from presence or is it from habit, right? How does your nervous system react to the world? And, how, and it's about shifting from reactivity, right? Where it feels like the world is attacking us because we're not grounded in ourselves and shifting that to being responsive, meaning we're grounded, we're present, we're at home, we're anchored in ourselves. And so we know how to pause, right? When someone says, I won't respect your boundary, we pause, we breathe, and we take care of ourselves. So we end up filling our, our emotional cup and can give and be loving and kind and take care of others from our emotional overflow and not from obligation, which is one of the key drivers in emotional outsourcing. Oh, I have to take care of my family. My sister had a hard day, so I have to do this emotional labor and listen to her. No, no, no. Right. We move out of that into I want to, into agency. So it's about presence and it's about agency and the embodied safety that allows us to live from agency and, uh, and wants to. <laughs> okay, I love that. I know for myself, yeah. the busier yeah. I am and the more I'm just preoccupying mm. myself with things, yeah. I'm like such a busy body. Yeah. And there are moments where I'm just like, I'm just moving from like this task to this, to this, to this, to this, and like picking up my phone yeah. or email or that. And it's just like, how am I supposed to embody or be present and even connect yeah. to my own emotional needs when I'm just, I'm busying myself. So I'm going to assume yeah. that that's probably something we need to start being more conscious <laughs> of in terms of like quieting yeah. down that external noise, the social media, the email, right. the like right. work is available to us all the time now. Right. Sure. So yeah. yeah. What would you, what would you say to that? Yeah. So it becomes a decision, right? So that brings us back into agency, into choicefulness. Given how precious it is to be a human, I just thought of that, that Buddhist sort of framework of picturing the entire ocean and the, the chance of being born a human in this lifetime is like a sea turtle swimming through the entire ocean and coming up for breath in the middle of a hula hoop that was placed on the top of the ocean. That's how unlikely it is to be born a human, right? <laughs> like that's some, that's some luck right there. Let me tell you what, hashtag blessed. And so like, if we think about how, what a rare gift it is to be born a human, um, we get to decide, I am going to make the most of this one, Mary Oliver, this one wild and precious human life. And from that choicefulness, decide that no matter what the circumstances of my life are, I get to decide each and every day how I want to meet it. 
And so if your circumstances are such that you're, you're working three jobs and you're barely making ends meet, how can you find a moment of presence in your day, right? To breathe and connect with your feet. If you have a life of privilege and luxury, how can you live that life from your emotional overflow, giving back, being of support and care to the community? How can you be present in your perfect feet, in your perfect heart? So it really does come back to choicefulness, which is the language we use about our lives, our decision moment to moment to connect with our breath, or the decision to embody busyness, because listen, we both run our businesses. We have, like you said, the endless opportunity to be in work, in busy, yes. and to be in that hustle culture. I, I'm Argentine, right? We are natural born hustlers. <laughs> I will always get it done, but I no longer do it from that hustle busy energy. I right. do it from a calm and grounded heart and a calm and grounded nervous system, which is to say you can take any action in this life from any energy. It's just a decision. And that decision comes from your nervous system and your thoughts. Okay. So we're definitely going to dive into the nervous system. But I'm really curious yeah. if codependency, people-pleasing, and perfectionism all coexist together. Is that yes. often? They often yeah. do, right? So yeah. people may say, yeah, they often really do. And people may say, oh, I, you know, I really, I'm not a perfect, I get this a lot. So I run a six month program called Anchored. And at the beginning, I often, I ask like, which of these three primary characteristics of emotional outsourcing do you uh, most identify with? And I often hear things like, well, codependency, sure, but you know, I'm not people-pleasing. And two weeks later, Ugh, I didn't want to go to his birthday party, but I didn't want my mom to be mad that I didn't go. And I'm like, oh, right. kitten, guess what? <laughs> and same with perfectionism, right? People are like, oh my God, I missed a coaching call. Ah. So they can show up in more subtle ways for some of us than others, but they generally are, they're part and parcel of each other, right? Because when we're sourcing our validation externally, we do things we don't actually want to do. We say things, we take tasks on, and then we feel like we have to do them perfectly to keep that other person happy with us because their validation right. means more than our own. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. love that. So let's go, let's dive into nervous system support. A little bit here because you mentioned totally. it and how important that is yeah for like rec for it's all vital. of things yeah reclaiming our vitality <laughs> our boundaries yeah it's it's all of the things um right. so let's talk totally. a little bit about how that relates with codependency with people pleasing with perfectionism like where does the, most people will be like what does my nervous system even have to do with this totally so one of the big tools I teach is thought work, is looking at our habitual mindset and the thoughts we think on replay, like audio cassettes, right? I'm going to throw it back old school, like cassette tape deck in your brain that's telling you what to think. Now, if you can picture a cassette tape deck, you can switch out the cassettes. 
And the system within you that gives you the cassettes and presses play is your nervous system. So we're going to use an example, and I use really banal examples to not activate our nervous system. So let's say you're at the top of a roller coaster. Um, if your nervous system is activated in what's called sympathetic, which is fight or flight, which is adrenaline and cortisol-based, stress hormone-based, panic, freak out, anxious, worried, oh my God, what's, what's going to happen? Ah, I'm at the top of a roller coaster right? You're mm -hmm. at the top of it, locked into that little chair, and you're super freaked out. You're in adrenaline. The only thoughts you will have available are freak out thoughts, right? right. Why am I on this ride? I don't want to be here. This is terrible. I had no agency. I can't be in my body because my body is panicking. So I'm going to be in my mind and I'm going to try to use my mind to get me out of this when the only thing that can help make it easier is breathing and acceptance and non-judgment and, right, breathing into the yeah. body. But we lose our capacity to get into presence because we're in the cassette tape of adrenaline and sympathetic. The only right. thoughts are doom. So too, if you're at the top of that roller coaster and you're in what's called dorsal. So dorsal is the freeze response, the disconnected response, the checked out. Uh, your body has realized it cannot fight or flight anymore. And so the only way it can protect you is to disassociate, to not actually be present in the moment. In our day-to-day, -day, that sounds like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess I just have to go to this birthday party. Like, I just, I don't want to, but like, oh, she's going to be so upset. Or it sounds like getting home from work and pouring a glass of wine and turning on Netflix and checking out or being in conflict with your partner and you literally don't hear the last 12 things they said because you're just... Mm -hmm wait, what? Oh, I was in dorsal. I don't, I don't know where or who or what or when I am. I'm just, what? Dorsal. Right. right. So from dorsal, the tapes you have are, I don't want to be on this ride, but I never get what I want. I just, everything's, I have no, I can't control my life. I'm depressed about this. I'm checked out about this. I'm doomed. I'm doomed. That's all there is. So from ventral vagal, which is the safe and social part of the nervous system, the place I'm in right now, the place it looks like you're in right now, we're just chill. Mm -hmm. We're happy to right. be here. Everything's really nice. I'm uh, delighted to see your face and hear your voice and be talking about the things I love. From here, I get to choose my thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. I get to choose, listen, I don't love a roller coaster, but I'm on it. You know, I'd much rather be on the teacup ride. That's way more my speed, but it looks like we're doing Magic Mountain. So I'm just going to breathe through this and just get to the other side, knowing I can trust myself that I'm not going to get on this ride next time. I have faith in myself. I believe in me, right? I believe in my capacity. We have access to the full range of human emotion, the full range of human thoughts, and our digestion, our thyroid, our reproductive function, our periods, our, our breathing, our respiration, everything works optimally in our human bodies, minds, spirits, in ventral vagal. So let's take it from a roller coaster to codependency, right? You get offered the opportunity to do something you don't want to do, right? To take on someone else's life solve their problems for them, fix them, date someone who's not good for you, stay in a relationship that doesn't serve you. If you are in sympathetic, you're going to worry about it, not make a decision. You're going to spin about it. You're not going to take care of yourself from that spinning, ah, I don't like it, energy. Same too mm -hmm. from dorsal. I guess I'll just stay in this relationship. I mean, this sucks, but 
I don't believe there could be anything better for me. I mean, I don't, I must not be worthy of love that I keep ending up with these jerks or I keep, you know, being with people who, uh, you know, don't take good care of me, people who don't want to be with me. I keep having to fix my family's problems, right? Sympathetic sounds like, the cassette sounds like, I have to. And the dorsal cassette tape sounds like, I can't. I can't change it. I can't win. I can't have joy. I can't have the life I want. And in ventral, it sounds like I get to. I get to create this one perfect, beautiful, amazing human life. I get to. I get to. I have choicefulness. Mm -hmm. So that's the nervous system. And the overlay with codependency is because life offers us opportunities every 12.4 minutes to make a choice to be interdependent, which is a way of living based in mutuality, reciprocity, mutual assistance, love, and care, or codependency, right? Fixing other people, being the martyr, the savior, the saint, being controlling, manipulating without meaning to. We cast no aspersions, right? It's love spells only around here, right? I'm not saying you're wrong or bad or doing anything from some mean, malicious reason. We don't right. realize we're operating from, right, from this operating system that frankly sucks for us. Now, we can move from this dorsal to this ventral mm-hmm. vagal like in a day, yep. right? We yeah. We can go from this or in like milliseconds, really high. Really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It really is milliseconds, right? Our nervous system, the autonomic nervous system is so quick to respond. And and I think this is a really important point to make because people will be on this healing journey for years and then someone will say something and they react and they're like, farts. I thought I was like all healed and like in this beautiful place. What is wrong with me that I was just such a jerk? And what I'll say to that is compassion, curiosity, and care. Your nervous system reacts literally in milliseconds, often before before we can even get ahead of it or in front of it, right? And so that's a really beautiful thing to remember uh, is that when we react in the old ways, it doesn't mean we're unhealed. It doesn't mean we're broken. It means that we're mammals, right? We're just mammals mammaling along through life. (laughs) And we can bring ourselves back, right, back into ventral vagal to come correct, to take responsibility, to apologize, to own what's ours and breathe into our capacity to do it differently next time. That's the human experience right there. It really is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, ladies, if you are looking for a delicious chocolatey way to support your hormones balance out your estrogen, your progesterone, to support libido, ease those uncomfortable PMS symptoms, Organifi Harmony is where it's at. It is designed with amazing herbs and adaptogens and zero sugar for healthy hormones. And did I mention that it's chocolatey? It literally is delicious. I love to mix it with some cream or some raw milk. And because it does have cacao, sometimes people can be a little bit sensitive to that in terms of finding they get more energy. So you might want to actually begin your day with this, 
or you might actually wanna have it later in the evening. It all depends on how you react to chocolate. I personally like to have it at the end of the day and just enjoy this really yummy hot chocolate. And I specifically like to have it in my luteal phase because let's face it, that's pretty much when most of our PMS symptoms start to arise and we might feel irritable, we might have more bloating and water retention and sleeplessness and maybe like acne that's showing up. And this is where Organifi Harmony is going to be the perfect fit. Head on over to OrganifiShop.com forward slash wellness switch and save 20% off site-wide of all the Organifi products. Use the coupon code wellness switch and that will save you 20% at checkout. You guys know that I absolutely love medicinal mushrooms. And here is a few reasons why. Medicinal mushrooms use their natural intelligence to counteract the physical, biological, and chemical effects of stress in the body. So it helps us humans stay in better health. Edible mushrooms are also highly nutritious superfoods for human beings and for animals. They are packed with fiber, vitamins, and minerals. And mushrooms lovingly help plants grow. We need more plants growing if we want to reduce the carbon hovering over our planet. Also, they're nature's recyclers. They decompose dead plants and animals so that we aren't living on a planet covered in a mile-high pile of dead leaves. They're also really good at removing pollutants from the ground by consuming what they grow on. You guys know I love my medicinal mushrooms, and I feel like such a soul connection to when I take them, and that's probably because they are really amazing at connecting us to nature and just a higher intelligence. I use the mushrooms from aversiowellness.com. Check out all of their amazing mushroom products. Currently, my favorites and my go-tos is the Awaken Blend, Balance, as well as Chill, which is the reishi mushroom that I take in the evening time before bed. Save 15% off site-wide with the coupon code WELLNESSWITCH at aversiowellness.com. And then there's cancel culture. And even if you do Oof. apologize and you're on your, you know, it's, it's like, oh, you did it wrong this one time. So done, you're out, you're canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need, it's a clarion call for more compassion, more curiosity, right? And to recognize that all of us hold dozens, if not hundreds of inner children within us who are often driving the bus and right. often lead us to to act, particularly in knee-jerk moments, when our nervous system is activated or triggered, which is a word that gets bantied about, and we can talk about what it really means but clinically, but we all get activated, and we can say things we, we don't actually mean from our most beloved, highest, wisest self, because right. our inner children sometimes speak before we have the chance to say, like, shh, perfect baby, no, no. Right. Right. So the more compassion we can bring in and can honor, right? Like maybe when she said that, she wasn't in her highest self. Maybe that was a wounded child speaking. Right. I think it honors all of us. Right. And and so much of my work, you know, I'm also, you know, trained in epidemiology. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd's nerd. Um, I also <laughs> have ADHD, which means pattern recognition is one of the most important things to me. So what is the pattern of behavior, um, of thinking, feeling, and acting we are showing up from? And so too, when someone's head is on the proverbial chopping block of social media, is this a blip, right? Or is this a, is this a pattern? 
of behavior? And I think that's a really important guiding question, particularly sure. when we're talking about cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So you yeah. mentioned the word triggered and diving into that word. Let's let's do that. Let's yeah. break that down. Sure. Let's do it. So what's really important to remember is several things. One, we talk about trauma as if that was the only response to life. So there's sort of three main, we can break this down into stress, distress, and trauma. Uh, and so I'm going to just lay that down. I'm going to loop back around for it. Okay. Trauma is not what happened to you. Trauma is how your individual nervous system reacted to life. And so two people can be in the same foxhole in World War II together. One comes back in quote-unquote shell, shell shock, right, right, and can never function quote-unquote normally again. And the dude next to him is totally fine. Comes back, gets a great job at the fat GE, you know, at the factory, is making cars, is married, has a great life, is a great dad, you know, like, like they're fine. Two right. siblings can grow up in the same house and one can experience intense trauma mm. and the other's fine. So some of it is our constitution, right? We can talk nature, nurture, but I don't know that that really gets us anywhere. But we'll just lay that down and we right. can understand that it's how each of our individual nervous systems responds and reacts to life that dictates whether something is stress, distress, or trauma. So mm -hmm. there's nothing in life that is inherently traumatic. It's just how you, you. react to it and it gets coded in your nervous system. Got Something it. massive can happen, an accident, abuse, violence, tsunami. And if your body starts to react and then your nervous system is attuned to by a loving, caring caregiver right? If you're a child, an adult, an adult, an adult, uh, even an animal coming over to you and putting their snout on you and saying like, it's okay, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. That can mitigate that event being written into the nervous system as trauma, right? And, and as a first responder, that's part of my job, right? Is in moments of, you know, I was in Haiti on the ground soon after the earthquake, you know, over a decade ago and, or a decade ago. And, um, one of the big things we were there to do was to help soothe nerv nervous systems. That mm. that wasn't the spoken job, right? We were there to right. set bones and, right? But we were also there to say, you're going to be okay. I've got you. Right. And that's right. often the first thing an EMT says is, I'm here now, right? Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. And I love mm. that. Look for the helpers, because it's the helpers that lead us not into trauma, but help us come back to self and to embodied safety right. in any moment of stress, distress, or trauma. And so when we're talking about getting triggered, what we mean clinically is that your mind, body, you, you leave this time and place and you go whoosh back in the cassette tapes that live in all of our minds, in our hippocampus, in our amygdala, in our brain, and we go right back into the moment where the thing happened and right. our nervous system reacted and we weren't attuned to. So all of a sudden you're six, you're eight, you're 19, you're 42, right? And you're in that moment where a thing happened and your body wrote it down in the book of your mind and said, this is traumatic. Yeah. So you're not here. You're not now. And this can be extremely dysregulating to the nervous system, meaning you're right back at the top of that roller coaster 
or you're right back at the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. You're in sympathetic or you're in dorsal. You're all jacked up on adrenaline or you're fully checked out, but you're not present here and now. Right. And the word gets, again, bantied about on, on social media, like, oh my God, he ghosted me and I was so triggered. Mm, careful, right? We're minimizing something that clinically is incredibly uh, disruptive to a life, right? right. Um, particularly with folks with a PTSD or a CPTSD um, diagnosis. I've been triggered and have like clinically met the, di you know, leaving self, disassociating. I'm not present in my body. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, can, it can wipe the week out. Or longer if you if you don't have the totally. attunement or the skills or the team, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just think it behooves us to be really loving and thoughtful with our languaging because as humans, we're meaning-making machines, right? Mm -hmm. The language we use creates our lived experience. And when we're like, oh my God, triggered all the time, we are, I think, doing ourselves a disservice by saying, I'm not resilient to life. And something has to be traumatic and triggering for it to, to count almost, right? To mean right. that I'm, I'm worthy of attunement to. So we can just say like, oof, that was stressful. Oh, man, that didn't feel good. Oh, that was crappy. Like, oh, he didn't write back for like three days after our date. And I was like wicked bummed about it. And wicked right. bummed is enough for attunement. Wicked bummed totally certifies you for like one of your friends to be like, oh, babe. That right. sucks. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love how you broke that down. You have such really great analogies mm. and metaphors. So you, <laughs> yeah, you break it down you. in such a real simplified way, which I really, really love. Mm. So you, you mentioned the inner child yes. and, you know, I know you often talk about <sighs> the inner child in your work and on your podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. You know, what yeah. is really the inner child? Yeah. You know, so originally we there's like a Jungian framework for that. And we can be, you know, neo-Jungian to, you know, release some of the Jungian political yuck <laughs> there. But um <clears throat> Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I can fall down that rabbit hole hard, but I shan't. Um, mm -hmm. So it's this concept that at every stage of our life, our lived experience, our felt nervous system bodily experience is marked in our psyche as a distinct mm -hmm. moment in our growth. And so we have these neural pathways, these pathways of least resistance within our brain that uh, are heuristics. So have you ever had the experience where you're like having a very stressful week and you mean to drive, let's say, to the grocery store, but you just drove to work on a Saturday morning anyway? <laughs> you know what I mean? Automatic. Like those moments, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. Mm. And it's normal. Yeah. It's natural. It happens. And so those heuristics, this is how I put on socks. This is where I drive to. This is how I live. Those neural pathways are because we would die. We'd be eaten by bears if we had to think about uh, everything we do all day long. So the brain right. just goes until we tell it, right? That was not, that was a suboptimal place to go, brain. Um, and so the inner children are just cassette tapes right? They're just a different set of maps. Each inner child has their own map 
to what's acceptable, what's okay, what's scary, what's vulnerable making, what works, what doesn't work. And when our inner children are driving the bus, our wise adult self is effectively on offline, right? Is not making choices, is not saying what's okay, is not setting limits, is not setting boundaries, is not driving the car to the grocery store, it's driving to work, right? So I have had the, the gift of uh, doing a lot of internal family systems work with my mm -hmm. coach, a coach I trained with, um, in which we've been looking at all of my own inner children and where they show up in friendships, mm -hmm. in romantic relationships, at work, um, around exercise, around eating well, or, you know, around every aspect of my life and how they drive me to make really different kinds of decisions, some which serve me really well. Like I have this inner eight-year-old who's like, just, homegirl is so dope, Sam. Like, she's so great. <laughs> um, and she's just like, excuse me, but I heard that eating ice cream in the morning is not good for us because it makes us hyper and then we get very tired. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? And she's like, yes, ice cream is only after a nice big dinner. And I'm like, okay, kiddo, cool. Let me put that back in the freezer. Thanks, babe. Right? So they can be a beautiful gift. Oh, my God, she's so... I'll send you her picture later. She's adorable. <laughs> and then I have this sullen teenager who's like... I don't care about anything. You're you're completely unlovable. There's nothing good about you. And mm -hmm. she just wants me to, like, settle... She's the one who kept me settling in relationships and like continuing to date people where it was like not a great connection, didn't feel good, was like right. I was in an emotionally abusive marriage. She kept me in that relationship because she believed that there was nothing better for me ever possible, ever. End of story. End of right. all possible stories. So there's a human in your life. And if there's another human, then when the lions come, you're twice as likely to survive. That person treats you like complete garbage. Stay here. Be here. Be in this. Do it. Stay. Right? And it wasn't until I integrated her and helped her to understand that that's not the story of my lifetime. I will not settle that I was able to leave that marriage. Right. So inner child work is working with these parts, getting to know them, helping them to what uh, Dick Schwartz, the creator of internal family systems work, because I certainly didn't invent this work, uh, right. what Dr. Schwartz calls unburdening and unexiling these parts that believe they, they need to save us and manage right. us and manage our adult lives. But they're just kiddos and they should yeah. get to play, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. I could um there are moments when I'm in mm. disagreement with, you know, my mm -hmm. mom or my dad or some family sure. member and how I can just see their inner child show up during that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. disagreement mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm not yeah. even talking to an adult right now. I'm talking to like nope. their 8-year-old wounded mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's pretty stunning, right? Once you can see it, it you can't unsee it. You can't, you can't unring un yeah. that bell, right? Yeah, totally. yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And it's such a great for me tool of compassion, right? Yes. When I'm just like, yeah. oh, I'm talking yeah. to a six year old, not in a condescending way or a pejorative way, but in a loving, yeah. like, oh, honey, you're six right now. 
Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Empathy, compassion. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That happens with my mom and it allows me Mm. to check myself and check my reaction so (sighs) that, you know, I could easily, and I'm sure many of us can relate when we're disagreeing or arguing with like a family members, like you could go from like zero to a hundred, you know, and it's just, it's such an opportunity for me to check in. And when I see her inner child come out to just be like, I just need to slow it down here and recognize that she needs the compassion and like, like the lightness right now. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go balls to the wall right now. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um, a lot of this makes me think how like nervous system regulation and just that nervous system support where it really recognizing how to create the sense of safety within ourselves is mm-hmm. at the root of so much healing and so much growth and from a physical, yeah. a mental, emotional perspective. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we and we've been ignoring our nervous systems for so long. <laughs> and yeah. especially with yeah. so much of the work that I've done over the years in the wellness space, I just feel like yeah. diet culture has just Oof. infiltrated a specific message mm-hmm. to women, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. About how we need to eat and how we need to look and how we need to be and the restriction and the deprivation and the fasting and all of the things. And it's just really pulling us from this sense of safety within ourselves. And this is why so many people are on this cycle of looking for the next fix, looking for the next quick fix when really what you need to do is come back. You need to find your safety. You need to find your sense of safety. Does, Does that all make sense? Right. 100%. And if we go back to the nervous system science, when you're on the diet roller coaster, right, or the nutrition, because so often it's coded as like, oh, it's functional nutrition and not like a diet, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, When we're on that roller coaster, we need to remember that in sympathetic, fight or flight, or in dorsal, checked out, disconnected, your digestion's off. Like like a switch flipped from on. Mm in ventral vagal to off in the other state. So it doesn't matter what perfect supplements, what perfect nutrition, what perfect craniosacral and chiropractic and neuromuscular therapy, like it's, it won't work because science, right. right? Because if you're not in ventral vagal, if you're not in that safety with yourself, your body, well, let me ask you this, Sam, you're being chased by a lion. Do you want your body to stop and digest a cheeseburger? Like, tell me plain, woman, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. Hi, body. Like, do not digest a cheeseburger. Of course. No, don't. That fistful of amazing supplements I just took, do not, do not break those down. Do not do anabolism and catabolism. Are you bananas? Absolutely not. Right? Don't get the potassium out of a banana. No. Run. Or hide in dorsal, get under the covers, get under the bed, go to the back of the cave, do not be alive and present in your body because you're, you're being chewed on by a lion. Leave the room emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. So listen, as someone who prescribed all the supplements, right? I was doing GI maps and Dutch tests and doing all the supplements and all the nutrition and all yep. the functional medicine, everything. And I believe in it. 
I believe yes. in it. And it it's no good if it's just, it's called green pharmacology, just using herbs and supplements as an herbalist, uh, you know, using herbs and supplements and nutrition instead of drugs. It's no use if the limbic system, right, our reptile brain, if our inner children, and if our nervous system aren't in balance. And so, yeah, it leads to less self-trust when you think, if I have a bite of that, my body's going to revolt again. Yes. Mm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. Mm. There's so much Oof. I could say around this. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that- Let's do a whole other show on it. <laughs> Seriously. Like, it just... I mean, it makes me think of all those times over the years where struggling with digestion, struggling with hormone issues, you know, yeah. struggling with all these things. Yeah. But me too. I didn't know I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. Right. No and idea. No. As I have learned to slow mm-hmm. down and practice mm-hmm. breath work and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. honor what my body is craving and just mm-hmm. going against what fad diet or whatever, you know, just like really trusting myself and what my body is trying mm. to tell me and like that innate wisdom and honoring that, yeah. the better, shockingly, the yep. better shockingly. I feel. <laughs> who knew? Right? Who yeah. Knew? Who would yeah. have thought? Yeah. Right? Nobody. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. This yeah. also makes me think of just going a bit like totally side note here. Like, yeah, let's go. Like sex, orgasms, Ooh, nervous system yes, support. Yes. Like this yes. is yes. like being yeah. able for women to reclaim that like femininity, that mm-hmm. sexuality. So much of that is related to our nervous system that we can't calm 100%. down or feel safe in order to have that release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we cannot, we cannot have like a real present full body orgasm. Like you could have a mechanical orgasm and not be in ventral vagal, right? Because there's, there's two things here. There's mechanical clitoral stimulation, which can make you have an orgasm. Cool. But yep. like, mm, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> like a full, your, your, your mind, your body, your, everything is present and orgasmic that comes from presence. That comes from a grounded nervous system and embodied safety, right? That comes from being present in the room. And and that is challenging for so many reasons. And this is why it's really important to me as a feminist to name systems, right? Like the patriarchy, like these systems that continue to to promulgate this idea that um, men can't be helpful in child rearing or in in constructing right. a home and maintaining a home, right? And so, yep, if yep. your brain is, do the kids have enough socks to get through the week? Do I need to do laundry? Do we have laundry soap? Did we pay the yep. water bill? Is the water heater does that need replaced? Maybe right. And you're doing that when you're in yes, bed, totally. Because you're the only one doing emotional labor in your household, mm-hmm. it's, that's really challenging. So I just want to name, like, maybe it's you, but maybe it's also systems. Yeah. Right? Yes. And then add to the patriarchy, white settler colonialism, which takes all of us, but particularly uh, Black women and women of color out of our bodies, 
right, mm-hmm. out of their bodies. Um, yeah. I am a, a white Latina. I know you can't see me, but I I own that. Um, you know, add to that late stage capitalism and this drive that we've been taught in a puritanical society to link our worth and our value to our job. This is a lot of pressure to put on a on a human mammal and yes. to put on a clitoris and expect it to like do its job. <laughs> totally. Like, come on now. Right? Yeah. 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 So I we s- both get to reclaim our presence and like let go of the blame and the shame. Like if you yep. can't come, it's not just you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I so yeah. appreciate you breaking it down in that way. Because I think there is so mm. much shame that women have around it and this like, what's what's wrong with yeah. you, right? Nothing. Yeah. Probably yeah. nothing. I mean, come on, let's throw Monsanto under the bus. Like what's oh. going on with your hormones that was never going on in the hormones of the boomers, right? right. Everyone before World War II when we started using glyphosate and all of these horrifying chemicals on our food and water and land – I mean, the the amount of hormonal dysregulation, adrenal dysregulation we're seeing now, Mm -hmm. this is not how humans are meant to live. So if your estrogen or your progesterone or your testosterone are tanked, yes, there are things you can do and there are things that are because systems, because we have put uh, profit over people, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 My show is called Feminist Wellness because we need to be talking about all of this when we talk about wellness. It's not just you. It's the systems, babe. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thanks you for so bringing much. that up. I feel like we don't talk about sex plainly enough. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it came to mind because I was chatting with a girlfriend the other day about, about orgasms and nervous system. And yeah. It was just to them, like, I had never even thought of this. And here I am, totally. you know, again, looking for the pill and the fancy bottle and whatever it is. And sure. it's like helping them to see it in a different way. Right. Mm, and again, that's where I right. was like, yeah, this just isn't talked about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and again, the more we, so there's a keen difference between personal responsibility and self-blame. Right. Mm. And if you look at the definition of emotional outsourcing, it's taking the whole world on as your problem to solve. Right. Right. And so we're like, oh, it's me. It's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And our shoulders end up by our ears in every situation in life. Like, what's wrong with me? How can I fix it? What's wrong with me? Fix me. Mm -hmm. And like taking personal responsibility in in an embodied way means from presence and from grounding in self, asking what's my part in this and then releasing everything that's not ours. Yeah. And that is such an important and vital skill because mm-hmm. it's not just you, but it, but yeah. it's also you, right? Like, oh, right. It, babe, but don't <laughs> yeah. over own it. Right. Like yes. find that yes. sweet spot. So that's yeah. the work. Yeah. 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 That yeah. is the work. Oof. <sighs> and it's worth it. <laughs> it's so much sighing. It's yeah, so it is so it. much sighing. Oh my God, great it sex. Is so worth it. Right? Being embodied, being present in your body. Sex is so much better now than it ever was when I was not in my body. And that's like, when I hear it, I'm like, well, duh. But I didn't <laughs> know it at the time. Of course. Right? Of, of course. course. Yep. Yeah. I'm actually trying yep. to pull something up here on your Instagram feed right now. 
Ooh, what did I say? Was it yeah, smart? What, what did you say? You <laughs> always say I smart say? things. Ah, thank you, you said something. Hold on. Where is that? Oh, no. Of course. I can't. It was something like creating self-worth through your actions cr- creates shame. Oh, it's... Yeah, I I, I can yeah. riff off that. Now I'm like, yeah. curious what I said, but I'm not about to open Instagram. Um, Distractomatic. <laughs> yeah, that's why right. I'm like, oh so, my God, if I can't find this, I gotta put this down. Right, put it down. Yeah, um, yeah so the think-feel-act cycle, right? Our thoughts uh, lead to our feelings, right? In concert with our nervous system that decides what thoughts are available. So we have a thought... That creates a feeling, an emotional response, a felt response in our body. Feelings are fuel for action, right? So the action, whatever action we take is, is, is imbued with whatever emotion we had as we took that action, right? So let's say the, the easy example, and let's go off the diet culture thing you mentioned, because it's really important for women's health, everyone's health, but particularly human socialized mm-hmm. and living as women, because we are the the object of that. Uh, get For smaller. Sure. Be quieter. Don't don't mm-hmm. revolt. Be hungry. You won't revolt mm-hmm. if you're hungry, right? Right. Uh, fasting is the new way to keep us hungry. So anyway, uh-huh. um, let's <laughs> right. It's the new yeah. way to keep women like, small and hungry. Totally yep. true. Yep. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. cloaked in so much wellness. But anyway, so you think to yourself. I'm going to lose these last five pounds because then I'll be lovable. Those aren't the conscious thoughts, right? Right. Right. But the subconscious thoughts that we get to through the work I do with my clients is to uncover those sneaky thoughts, those insidious thoughts, right? That come from the patriarchy and our conditioning and socialization. I'm going to do, I'm going to go back to working out and I'm going to eat better, whatever that means, to lose those five pounds because then I'll be lovable. Then I'll find a partner. Then, then I'll feel safe in the world. Right, Right. Because when the lions come, I will be more loved and someone will pick me up and run out of the village with me to safety. And so whatever action you take from that kind of feeling and those kinds of thoughts of like, I'm not good enough now, right? Again, sympathetic, I have to, is going to lead to an action that leaves you lacking, leaves you yearning, leaves you wanting more because what you really needed was not to lose the five pounds. It was to be in ventral vagal, to be present with yourself, to feel safe. So too, if you make that decision from dorsal, right? Of like, oh, I'm unlovable right now. I wear a horrifying size like in a six. Because come on. Totally. Because it touches everyone. And yep. if when I lose the five pounds, right, then I'll be lovable. Right. Right. That's never going to make you feel lovable. It's only going to make you feel more shame when you lose 10 pounds and you Mm -hmm. still are doing it from not loving yourself, from not feeling safe. So it's going to create more shame, more blame, more guilt, more I am lacking instead of more love. Mm -hmm. So lose the weight, gain the weight. Who cares? That's that's my feminism. Do what's right for you, what you want to. But check yourself before you wreck yourself, to quote the great poet. Right? Like, what is your actual reason? Why? What is your motivation? Why do you want to change your human body? And if it's actually because you love yourself and you know you feel better when you're not eating gluten in the U.S., you, I go to CrossFit. It's from love, right? Because yeah, I totally. love this animal and I want to be, be that 90-year-old 
who's like wrecking it on the dance floor. Totally. Right? And throwing I my totally grandkids relate. around. Right? Yep. Yeah. So I go to CrossFit, but it's from love. So it creates more love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for dropping all the knowledge bombs today. Oof. So powerful. It's always Yay. so great chatting with you. It's so fun. Yeah, it's really great. <sighs> for yeah. our listeners who want to dive deeper into your work yeah. and where can they find you? Absolutely. So my podcast is called Feminist Wellness. It is for humans of all the genders um, who want to improve their lives. And it's free and it's everywhere. It's my my accessible offering. You can follow me on the gram. I give good gram at Victoria Albino Wellness. I have a little treat just for your listeners. So oh, if you head over, isn't it so fun? If you head over to victoriaalbino.com slash wellness witch. You can download a set of um, free meditations, including an inner child meditation, a boundaries meditation, and a nervous system tool called orienting. And that is all available for F-R-E-E, just for being a listener of this amazing show. Isn't that so fun? I love it. That's really great. Yeah. And my program, if you want to work with me directly, is called Anchored, victoriaalbina.com slash anchored. Keeping it simple on those URLs, you know? Yeah, that's key. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Beautiful. I love Um, it. Thank you so much for your time today. It was really appreciate you. You're amazing. Thank you. You too. Thank you everyone for being with us today. You can connect with Victoria on Instagram at Victoria Albina Wellness. You can also head to her website, victoriaalbina.com and head on over to victoriaalbina.com forward slash wellness switch. There is a free little treat there for you that you can download. It is a meditation that she has put together for our community. And you're definitely going to want to download that because it's going to help you work through codependency, connect to intuition, experience more self-love and connection. So head on over again. That link is victoriaalbina.com forward slash wellness switch. Thank you everyone for being with us. I will connect with you all next week. Have a great day. Take care.